everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast, live via Zoom. This is Emily. And this is Rachel. Today, we are reviewing a Netflix original series, The School Nurse Files. It is a K-drama that was unexpected. Yes. (laughs) One that was recommended to me, (laughs) also. Yeah, Netflix was pushing it real hard. (laughs) Yeah, right around more when it was released, not necessarily lately, but... It was actually released on September 25th, 2020. We're going to get into spoilers for the first three episodes, which is half of the series. There's only six episodes. So if you do not want to listen to spoilers, skip to the end so you can hear our K-pop recommendations and our outro. And you can listen for our ratings too. We will try not to say any spoilers during the ratings. This show was based off of a 2015 award-winning novel. And I think that's really interesting because this show is so visual. I can't imagine what that's like in print. Yeah, I think whoever was in charge of like the creative vision for this novel conversion did a really good job because it looks really good. And it's cool to see how they translated that from the novel. So the drama opens up with our heroine, Eun Young, and it starts with her as a young girl She sees things that she calls jellies, and they're like little monsters and ghouls, but they're like slimy and... Yeah, they're goopy. Sometimes (laughs) bouncy. It's like flubber, actually. (laughs) It's a lot like flubber. So these jellies are present everywhere, and everyone has them. And there are varying ranges of good to bad jellies. She describes them uh, like the slime that a snail leaves behind. Yeah. And great analogy. (laughs) (laughs) They have like oozy traces of things that are left behind, like unfulfilled desires, heavy thoughts, worries. So if someone is like feeling horribly depressed, they might have like a dark jelly that's on their neck grabbing hold of their head. Yeah, and they might be leaving behind little splotches of dark jelly where they go. Flash forward to present day. Our heroine is at her new job in a high school where she is the school nurse. And we're told that the school is a good school and that the students are happy and everyone gets good grades. But like, right away, you can tell that this school is very strange Mm -hmm. and... There's like an undercurrent of terror, almost. The best way to describe it is like the vibe you get when you were watching Parasite. Yeah. There's just like this level of unease just right underneath the surface. And not only that, there is a ton of jelly activity and just overall weirdness about this. So the high school has like mythology that goes along with it, mainly the school's founder who's like has this bronze statue and he's in portraits that I swear to God, the eyes move like Scooby-Doo. Yeah, they do. It's super creepy. <laughs> so he had a motto and that was laughing will bring good fortune. They have these like laughing exercises where they're forced to laugh. It sounds insane and looks so creepy. So the school has this basement and Unyoung is eventually led to this basement because she's trying to figure out like what the fuck is going on (laughs) in this school because everything just feels so off to her it's like 
a dark staircase to this basement and there's ominous music. It's very obvious that something is there. Yes. You know what it reminds me of? It really reminds me of like a Ghostbusters movie. Oh my god, yes! Like before they find out what the big bad is. I forget which movie it is, but it's the one with all the fucking slime. Like that's what it reminds me of. Where the slime is like infecting the the slimer. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. So it's a very similar setup to that, like how the slime was traveling through the sewers. It's kind of like that. Like she's going to a place of darkness. (laughs) So sure enough, she opens the door to the basement, which she, I think, breaks into because it's not open. And she has like this lightsaber sword that's like rainbow colored and she uses it to like fight off the jellies that are in the hallway of this basement because she can already tell like it's infested with these jellies and she's like oh my fucking god and goes through and like attacks them so (laughs) parallel story while she's down there doing all this basement investigation and battling at the same time there's a character called Inpyo, who is the founder's grandson, and he discovers that this this like booklet that says the basement needs to be cleaned out every 15 years or something like that, and it's been that long. And he tries to call the number that's supposed to come out and clear the basement, and they like are out of service. And then he looks back in the binder, and it's like, if they're out of service, then like, ugh. <laughs> So he's like, okay, what the fuck is this even talking about? This was so long ago, and I bet it's fine. So he goes down to the basement, finds the door unlocked, and it's like, oh shit, who the fuck is down here? And walks in <laughs> on Un Young, swinging her lightsaber around, her plastic rainbow lightsaber. And I think she makes up some shit like she's practicing, like, kendo down there by herself. She says that she's practicing Zumba. Isn't that how you practice Zumba, Emily? You just (laughs) flip out your plastic rainbow lightsaber, just swing it around. So there's something special about this boy, or should I say man, even though he looks like 14 years old. Yeah. He has a very powerful jelly aura that acts like a force field. And she can see that. And she's like, what the fuck is going on with this man? Theoretically, this means that Unlike others, he can't be affected by jellies and monsters, but he also seems to be able to recharge Unyoung's powers, and she needs to, like, recharge her powers to destroy the jellies. So they're down there together, and then they come across these foreboding doors, and they're able to get them open. And inside is an empty room with a gigantic stone, and I'm like, there is no way that can be good. There's a legend behind the stone that Impio is able to translate because he is the Chinese literature teacher at the school. The stone says that the school was built near the site of a mysterious pond that was responsible for a lot of strange occurrences and unexplained suicides. When they read that, I got like a chill down my spine because until this point, the jellies are pretty much harmless. But now you know that these jellies can cause you to kill yourself. Yeah. So the stakes have been raised a lot. So this mysterious pond was filled, but there's still strange energy down there, which is why the basement is like that. 
So basically this stone is a seal that is on top of the pond that was filled in. So a huge monster with some sort of crazy gravitational pull unearths itself from the school grounds because the stone gets dislodged. And you actually do see like some like weird murky liquid underneath the stone, which means that the pond quote unquote is still there or the energy is still there. This giant creature unleashes itself and the students transform into like half whirlish dervish and half zombie as they like literally, <laughs> they literally look like some of them look like elves. Their bodies like flown back with their arms out, like running kind of like the titans on attack on titan like they're literally running with no sense of brain or anything like that so they're rushing to the roof and they're being drawn into this giant monster's mouth so it's basically in front of the school now and they're all up on top of the roof trying to throw themselves in a frenzy into the monster's mouth now for normal people who cannot see the monster it just looks like they're throwing themselves into this giant pit that's opened up in the ground. So, like, a mass suicide. Yeah, and on the roof, there is fencing and barbed wire so that people just can't jump off, and they're climbing the fence and, like, getting cut on the barbed wire, desperately trying to go over. So, Eunyoung rushes to the roof, and she's able to kill this monster by shooting him with a toy gun, and Inpyo was able to help her recharge. So they were able to kill it together. And she was like, damn, that was some shit. (laughs) (laughs) That scene is a little triggering. So if suicide bothers you, don't watch (laughs) the end of episode one or the beginning of episode two. But no one dies. She saves people. Yeah, no one dies, but they're just like, they're literally like out of their minds trying to throw themselves off the top of the roof. So it's uh, intense to say the least. (laughs) Later in episode two, we meet one of Eunyoung's very close friends who she says is like her mother and her mother's dead. Her name is Hwasu and she is an acupuncturist. And so you see her putting acupuncture needles in people's heads and their tongues on their toes. Eunyoung goes there a lot to get acupuncture. So these acupuncture procedures in other rituals are meant to revitalize Eunyoung's aura. So during one of their conversations, we learn that her friend is like, I've seen the man you are going to be with. And Eunyoung is like, okay, sure you yeah, have. Yeah, she's like, sure, I'm a crazy weirdo in my 20s with a <laughs> rainbow lightsaber sword that I swing around sometimes. <laughs> we assume that the man she's talking about is Enpyo, But then her friend is like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, there's going to be some competition. And then we get introduced to the antagonist. He's known as Mackenzie, and he is the school's English teacher and gardening club representative. He has very beautiful curly hair. The character is American, but I can tell that the actor isn't. But his English is very, very good. I understood everything he said. And his character uses a lot of English, which Eunyoung cannot understand at all. (laughs) she's just like what are you saying (laughs) speak korean (laughs) pretty much (laughs) so Mackenzie can also see into the jelly world but he is using that for evil instead he steals the jelly and he like 
sucks them up into a kernel or a seed, and then he can give it to someone and have the jelly do his bidding. So he finds this bullied kid who was on the basketball team, and he got kicked off. And then he approaches this guy. He's like, I know you're being bullied. Do you want me to help you? And the kid's like, no. And he's like, if you could have any wish, what would it be? And when that happened, I'm like, oh no, shit is gonna go down. The devil's contract. (laughs) These wishes will never work out if TV has taught us anything. So the kid wishes that he could be back on the basketball team. And Mackenzie gives him a seed and he's like, put that in your locker. And then it sprouts and he's back on the team and he's playing basketball and then he basically gets turned into Michael Jordan with his shoes. They make him jump a crazy distance and then do a slam dunk and Mackenzie was like, yeah. He said, come on and jam. Everybody get up, we're gonna jam now. (laughs) Welcome to the space jam. Or, wait, it's the space jelly. Welcome to the space jelly. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I apologize, everyone. (laughs) This is the drama's midway point. There's a lot of, oh shit, happening. And Eunyoung not only has to worry about the student safety, but now she has to keep Inpyo away from Mackenzie because he knows that Inpyo has these magical force field energy replenishing abilities. Dun dun dun! Let's talk about the characters a little bit more. So Young is a weird lead to me. Mm-hmm. She's not the typical K-drama lead, in my opinion. She's pretty reserved. She's kind of blunt. Doesn't have a lot of social know-how or tact, really. And she's just very strange just because... She's alone. Yeah, she's she's a loner and she's very strange because she can see these things and nobody else can. And I'm pretty sure we see a flashback where, you know, that's seen as a negative thing. Where she can just see, like, the gross jellies of, like, I think it's, like, her divorced dad and her dead mom. So it's not a positive thing in her life, but it's something that she has kind of taken up as a mantelpiece to do what she can to do good with the expectation that no one will ever acknowledge her for that. I think it's a really well thought out character. And I think that that reflects back to the novel and how, you know, an author is going to put maybe a little bit more thought into a character's design than just a TV show being a TV show. So I really liked her as a main character. This show was overall like not what I expected, but her as a main character as the lead, kind of a cool choice. And I haven't ever seen a lead character in a K-drama really have that kind of personality. I thought that the antagonist, Mackenzie, was a great villain. He had his own creepy theme song, which I fucking hated because it had whistling in it and they played it way too often. But when, when the theme song happens, you're like, oh shit. Where is he? (laughs) Shit's going down. He is very cute, but he also has, like, this sinister vibe that you can definitely tell just by looking at him. It's, like, in his eyes. Yeah, so props to the actor who is Yuteo for portraying that character so well that he even looks evil just without saying anything. So something we didn't address earlier is that Inpyo has, I think, a false foot? 
Or a false leg? He has some sort of leg injury and he has like a brace on his leg or his foot or something. Yeah, so he has a noticeable limp when he walks around. You can kind of tell that it bothers him a little bit. Like he feels like it almost a little emasculating for him. So when Eun Young is like, there's like this romantic tension between them. You can tell he kind of feels awkward. Like, why would you be interested in me when I'm kind of like this dumpily dressed <laughs> language teacher with a limp. He's just very reserved also. I would say he's kind of like stoic, I guess is a good word for him. Like he doesn't really show emotions readily. He kind of just is there to get the job done. And he's pretty serious and takes being the grandson of the school's founder pretty seriously. But also I can tell that he resents that responsibility. Yeah. All very nuanced characters, and again, it's not the typical, like, beautiful, kind of stupid <laughs> lead woman <laughs> versus the extremely hot guy that doesn't think he's that hot and dresses in very professional clothes and is secretly the heir to a billion-dollar fortune, male lead. <laughs> it's definitely not that. And I just love that this whole story kind of capitalizes on their unique characters and then they play off of each other really well and really authentically I think too. I want to take a moment to talk about the score for this show. I thought that the music in the show was excellent except for Mackenzie's theme which annoyed me. <laughs> but like there is a theme song for the show that plays during the credits but instrumental versions of it play and it's like a heavy song. It gets you hype. There is not a boring soundtrack for this. All the music I took notice of as being excellent. Like, it all sounded good, and it all sounded very unique. And it should be unique for such a unique show. Yeah, from what I could recall from the score, it did a good job at setting the scene. And it wasn't just, like, the same ballad, like, <laughs> that you get in every gay drama. <laughs> And I think that was fitting because this isn't a romantic K-drama. <laughs> it's not a comedy K-drama. So let's do our ratings. On a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best, how would you rate the plot of School Nurse Files? I'm giving it a 9 out of 10 because I think the whole story is extremely unique and I think it is well told. However... I think that at the beginning, a lot of stuff is left unexplained. And for someone to like really get into the show, it could be kind of a rocky start in the beginning because they don't really explain what is going on that well. They just kind of like expect you to know some things. So that's why I gave it a 9 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 because the Mackenzie theme really did annoy me and they played it so often. <laughs> and... The fact that I had to go on a website called Drama Beans to read episode synopses after I watched the show just to make sure that I got everything because so much is happening. And if you're not paying very close attention, you're going to miss important things. On a scale from 1 to 10, how would you rate the acting? I am also going to give that a... Actually, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. I think all the actors did a really good job including the kids in the school. All of it was very believable. Everybody seemed very authentic to their characters. 
no interaction seemed like weird or forced or overly cheesy or over dramatic, like can sometimes happen and honestly is kind of nice to see in K dramas sometimes, but everybody I think was giving their A game for this. Yeah, they had students hysterically crying, hysterically laughing. That is no easy feat to make it look believable. I'm also going to give it a 10. It was really great acting. On a scale from 1 to 10, how would you rate everything else? The set design, the costume design, the music, the casting? I don't want to give it a 10 out of 10 because it wasn't perfect. But I'm going to go with like a 9 out of 10, even though I want to do 9.5, but that's too much. (laughs) I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 because I thought all of the sets were really well designed. It looked like a school. The monsters and jellies were a little campy for me but i think it adds to the charm of you know her rainbow light sword her little water gun that shoots little pellets and stuff i think that meshed well together but it was a little childish for me i'm also gonna give it a 9 out of 10 but i did think that the way that the jellies were designed they look fake and cartoony but they're not supposed to be real. They're supposed to be otherworldly. So so it went with the vibe I got from the show. And the CGI looked pretty good for what it was. You can tell a lot of money was spent on the CGI. I mean, there were only six episodes, so. Okay, overall, would you recommend this show? I would definitely recommend this show. Especially for anyone that's liked the Ghostbusters or wants to watch a K-drama that is outside the norm, a little different, a little sci-fi, they would like this. I'm definitely going to recommend this show as well. It's not a huge time commitment, and it's a lot of fun, and surprisingly creepy if you're into that. Yeah, but not scary, because I do not like scary movies. So it's digestible if you're a baby like me. Let's finish this episode with our weekly K-pop recommendations. I'm going to recommend Rain's 30 Sexy. I'm going to recommend CL's Five Star. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. You can find us on Instagram, also at soulmatespodcast. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. Check out some of our YouTube videos, also at soulmatespodcast. This program is available pretty much everywhere podcasts are found, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Wherever you're listening right now, make sure you like and follow so you can listen to us every single Friday. We'll see you guys next week with a mini-sode. Bye! Bye!